Welcome back to the Legal Soft Podcast. Today we're joined by Hamid Cohen and Sean Sassunas of Sassunas Law Group. Sean is here to tell us what it's like being a lawyer that takes on cases that nobody else is going to touch. Not only that, but he dives into his latest case involving a client of his that was not only drunk, but also high and on a balcony. Stay tuned to learn more. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. I'm speaking with Sean Sassunas at Sassunas Law Group, and I'm glad to have him here to talk about several different uh, issues and concerns and opportunities about running a personal injury law firm. Thank you for joining us today. Um, my name is Hamid Cohen. I'm a president and founder of LegalSoft. I'd like to thank you for joining us on this webinar today. And I have a special guest for you today that I will introduce shortly. Just a little bit about LegalSoft. We are a provider of a legal support services, including virtual staffing and variety of practice growth solutions that we would love to help any law firm who needs assistance to grow and scale their law firms. And I'm happy today to introduce Sean Sassunas, founder and operator of the Sassunas Law Group. Welcome aboard, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm curious and excited to have our little chat. Wonderful. We're looking to, uh, just for audience, uh, Sean has been with uh, LegalSoft for a while uh, as a client, as a friend, as a supporter, uh, and uh, he has a skill and growth his law practice extremely fast in the past few years and expanded into other areas also. And I would love for him to explain about his law practice and some of the case studies that he's done over the years and some of the uh, pointers for everybody to work on. So Sean, uh, please tell us about your practice and what you do and how you do it. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a personal injury uh, attorney in California. Uh, right now we do both personal injury and work comp. Uh, for those people that don't know the difference, there is a difference. Personal injury is when you're going after somebody at fault for your injuries. Workers' compensation is when you get injured while in the course of your employment. We specialize in those areas in the so competitive state of California. You know how competitive personal injury is uh, in California. I've been practicing for a little over 10 years now. Uh, we've been... Uh, I've had my law practice for a little over eight years now. You have your ups and downs. You know, we've tried to do, uh, try to, you know, go out and try different areas of law. But I've learned that injury law is my thing. That's what I focus on. I think we're the best at it. Wonderful. Good to hear that. And uh, you had a great success over the years with lots of different cases and a lot of different opportunities. So... Talking about some of those, uh, everybody already knows about the basic accidents and rear-enders and MVAs and so forth, which is, you know, most law firms uh, have many cases on that. But often you get one of those cases where it's borderline. You don't know if it's really a personal injury, like premise liability and so forth. So I'd like to ask you, what was your experience, especially when you were starting out? I remember you had a case that was premise liability uh, that you were working on. So can you elaborate? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And though the cases, personal injury law is not just car accidents, uh, slip and falls, dog bites, any case where somebody else is liable 
for your injuries. Some of the best cases I've had are the the biggest cases I've had are non car accident cases. In fact, the biggest single settlement that we got for a client, that case was rejected by three other law firms before we took it on. I remember. So, um, yeah, I think I told you about it. And look, to be a good personal injury lawyer, in my opinion, you have to be able to spot those cases. You got to be able to spot those cases, you know, when it's a case, what things to look for. You got to be able to look a little bit outside the box. Uh, and those were, that's where some of the good cases are. So you're right, man. It's like you got your car accident cases, uh, but then there are other types of injury cases where, uh, that you could handle and that could be really valuable. Can you summarize that case that we were mentioning? Because I know it was very complicated and I know that there were several more experienced even attorneys who turned it down and basically say it's not a case or it's not valuing it or whatever, but you guys turned it into a great value. And I think everybody was well compensated, including the client. So can you just summarize what the case was about? Um, I will without disclosing too much information because some of these cases have confidentialities. But essentially, it was we had a client that fell off a balcony at his apartment building. It wasn't even his apartment. It was his he was staying with his girlfriend's parents and he the balcony railing broke off and he fell over. He was only on the first floor, but that first floor was like 20 25 feet, bad injuries, and we had a number of hurdles. He had drugs in his system, he had alcohol in his system, and the one thing about those cases, you're getting injured inside your own home, okay? So even if it's an apartment, you who are you going to hold liable? Can you hold the apartment complex liable? Yes, but only if they had notice that okay, this railing was loose. In our case, we had a guy, I'm getting into the details, but we had a guy that just you know, was drunk and high and he was like leaning over on a balcony, that thing fell off. So we had to prove that the complex knew or should have known they didn't do anything about it and we had to get over the fact that our client was you know, drunk and high and you know, had no work to do that day. Um, so we didn't have the greatest very nice client but he didn't come off the best you have some hurdles and there were some other hurdles in the case uh we ended up taking it on and we fought that thing hard and it turned out to be one of the better outcomes that we've had on the case how long did it take i don't even remember i i want to say like four years maybe three four years but every case is different you know at the end of the day it's like some of these cases take long, especially when you talk about some of the bigger cases that you had. They take longer, but you got to understand when like you tell people that like, oh, you know, this, you guys, you guys take too long. Well, that's because we're going in and asking for hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. You know, that takes a level of work. Um, and I have that conversation with my clients sometimes. It's like, look, it's going to take a while because this is what I think your case is worth. This is what we're going after. So don't try to like, you know, rush the case. And you have like clients that kind of want to rush their case. Oh, I don't want to go two, three years. Well, do you want millions of dollars? Because you deserve it for what happened. And you're trying to convince them 
that like it's okay that it takes that long. That's what we're going for. That case, you definitely had a lot of hurdles, you know, about a problematic client, problematic situation, you know, somebody who's drunk and high yeah. and then uh, the liabilities and, you know, there was a lot of challenges, I remember, because we yeah. used to talk about that case and how other attorneys didn't see the potentials in there. And, or in a lot of cases, I also see that the attorneys don't want to put all that hard work it takes in some of these cases. True. Because this MVA stuff is so, you get cookie cutter, you know, it's like pretty quick, you get it, you do it. And they get used to it. So when they see a case like this, because I remember one of the attorneys that was rejected it, I happened to know him, and I was like, uh, this is probably take a lot of work and I don't want to do, you know? You know that more than anything. Like you work, I think you have more insight on lawyers these days than anybody else because you work, you're like LegalSoft is the company that provides all the services to all these different firms. So you see it, you know, people, they, you know, they just want to do the, you know, easy cases, take the easy way out. And sure, I mean, that's okay. Don't get me wrong. We love those cases too. But sometimes the value is outside. So you see it more than anybody else. Yeah, we do. And we try to guide people to, you know, uh, do it the right way and do the, the best they can and not take the easy way out and just, you know, look for the easy cases, work on the easy cases. And sometimes it goes the other way around too, is that they don't know when they need additional expertise on a case. You know, a case comes in, and I know you work with many other firms as a co-counsel and a co-attorneys under the cases because you know exactly when you need extra resources, yep. more expertise. There are people who specialize in very specific trial uh, strategies and implementation, expert witnesses. So you have to know where you stand, what your firm does and how is it growing and uh, it creates a balance what to keep what not to keep what to get help on so that's another key thing uh, any other interesting uh, cases like this where it was a sort of not the same as a, what everybody's used to is that somebody run into some other car and then <laughs> there's a case yeah i mean you know like some types of cases that a lot of people uh, run away from are cases against the city, um, government entities. And those are tough cases. You know, I would say 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, you would trip and fall on a sidewalk and, uh, you know, you would file a claim or a lawsuit against the city and they would pay something. But they've fought back now. They don't pay. They never pay. And they're very difficult cases. So most people, uh, you know, most people I know, if it's a city case, I don't want to go up against the city. I, see, I get that all the time. But the, the prop cases and the city cases. And we, we do it too. The case has to be worth it. Right. Because as an attorney, you're going to be, you're going to, and not to say that like, you know, we want to pick and choose, but it does. The, a case has to be worth pursuing, even for the client. Because if you're putting all this time and money in at the end, end you're not going to have a favorable outcome. You're putting the client in a not good position. Right. So you got to pick and choose the right case. Um, and But finding that and determining what's the right case, then you got to push hard. Don't be afraid to take those cases and push hard. Um, I know most people kind of shy away from that. 
Um, but you know, those could be some really good cases. I know that your firm is very structured and is very set up to be able to handle a variety of different cases in the most efficient way, in the most fastest way possible and so forth. What type of a thing makes your practice unique compared to the rest of the people? You also know a lot of firms out there who just are starting out or started out a couple of years ago, the same time frame that you did. What puts you, you know, apart from the other practices that you see that you have worked on for, for many years to make it more efficient? It, it really is so many different things. It's, and I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about it. Um, you know, you've, you've seen our firm, you know, through the challenges, ups and downs over the years. Um, but, you know, setting, I think setting up a certain structure and putting the right people in place in charge of certain things, like I'll give you an example. Um, we have X number of cases and we have X number of people, let's say we have five different people handling cases. Those five people aren't handling a bunch of different types of cases. A case comes in, it just doesn't get assigned to this person, this person, that person. It's assigned based on the type of case and the value of the case. And that has really made a difference because one person cannot be handling a case that's worth $15,000 while at the same time, same day, they're trying to focus on a case that is worth $500,000. How I learned that is when I was reviewing cases with my team and going through cases, one second I'm talking to the same person, I'm talking to them about a 15, good case, it's still a good solid case, but it's not worth much, it's worth 15,000. Then the very next case, I'm talking about a case that has the potential to be a million dollar case for the client. Then the next case was another 15,000. So it's like, I can't shift I was just sitting with them and I had to shift my focus from like this type of case to that type of case back to this. And I could just imagine the person handling that case on my legal team doing the same thing. So to answer your question, compartmentalizing like that made a really big difference. Right. Things like that, you know, structural. Yeah, Systematic structure implementation. To that effect, I was meeting with uh, some random attorney that came in for a consult and he's been practicing for like 20 years, PI. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Not going to get me saying names. And I asked him, how many cases you have in your firm? He says about 360 cases. And I said, okay, how many case managers? Because I know me and you always talk about this, having the perfect your legal, balance. Your legal team. Yeah, your legal team. You, you, you can't run a big firm with nobody, or you can't run a small firm with a lot of people running around. So uh, he said, with 360 cases, how many case managers you have? And he says, I had two. And I'm like, okay, so what happened? Because one went on maternity and the other one it had other issues in left. And I said, wow, so how did you replace him? He goes, I haven't yet. And I'm like, how long has it been? About three months. I said, you have a 360 cases, no case manager. And it, it really scared me. It was like, okay, we've got to stop talking because I feel like I'm liable now <laughs> because you told me information that... It is really dangerous information for your clients and your license and the firm. So it's, it's a, a lot of people don't see the entire infrastructure that they need to have to provide the best service possible. 
get the best value for the clients, and also at the same time doing themselves a favor to grow and scale the law practice. Look, I've, I've had a friend that he was always, he's like, I never want to be a big firm. I want to, I just want to operate. I want to be a, that's how I want to do. I want to have set number of cases, good cases. I want to, that's how I'm happy. I don't want to be a huge firm like all. Okay, but then he started getting more and more cases and it just happened for him where he started getting more and more cases. You're not going to turn down if it's just happening and growing, you're not going to turn it down. So you kind of, you, you have to adjust to that and shift your mindset a little bit. So, um, and he did that, but some people, they don't do that. They just stay in that mindset. Right. And uh, I met other attorney just like that too, that I, uh, in employment law, who's been practicing for almost 12 years, and only has 10 cases. And I was like, uh, are you living in your car? <laughs> because I know you can't survive with those kind of numbers. But is uh, just a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And they think it's okay. But that's to get exposure and then load that hard. I just, I just recently spoke to a client of mine where uh, my legal team was handling their case and negotiating a settlement for her. I looked and the client complained and said, I want to speak to the attorney. I want my, I want the attorney to handle my case and settlement. So I go, I review the file. Great. Everything was done properly. Everything submitted, all negotiations done per the standard of our firm. And I have a conversation with the client. I'm like, look, everything is perfect. It's per my direction, per the standard of our firm. That's how we work. That's what makes us who we are as a firm and as a practice, because you know what the other, the insurance company on the other side is looking saying, okay, you know, they know what they're doing. They have the resources and the, and the manpower. It's not just one attorney doing the negotiations and doing everything for the case. They see that. And I told the client, like, do you want that attorney where it's just one attorney sending mail, receiving mail, talking to the insurance company? And after you tell the client that they're like, oh no, yeah, you're right. Everything was done right. Um, okay, I'll let you guys handle it. So, um, no, that's that's another thing where it, it makes a difference. You're directly involved, but you don't have to be directly involved. That's part of the structure. Exactly. I also know that you're extremely structured and disciplined to do case reviews, which is a lot of the firms that I've seen, they don't have that structure in place. They only jump on the case when there's a problem or a huge opportunity, and they sort of ignore the rest. Uh, how are you set up your firm where you keeps you on top of all your cases and all your potentials and problem cases and so forth? Oh, thank you. Is this the really good thank tea you. that you guys have here yeah. at we, Legal we Saw? Serve, we serve tea during the podcast. Is, <laughs> is there any whiskey in it? Cheers to the tea. <laughs> Cheers. We'll no, the, this is good. I was actually going to have a coffee. I never have coffee after lunch. Because I just don't want to rely on it, uh-huh. but and I slept good last night, but I don't know why I felt a little drowsy after. Long. <laughs> I was gonna grab a coffee, but I grabbed this instead. But tea works. Yeah, cheers. So your your case reviews okay. and you being on top of the cases, so make sure everybody in your firm has the right direction to help the client to maximize the case, maximize the outcome of the case, yeah. and you've been structuring and working on that for a very long time. 
to make sure nothing is left behind and nothing falls through the cracks because I've been in these firms where a lot of people are calling and they're angry. They haven't heard anything about their case for four months uh, and it's just not the right way to treat the client. Yeah, uh, so it's not just one thing. Like for example, one of the things are the thing I mentioned earlier. In those case reviews, I'm sitting there talking to a client about a case that's worth fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and in the same breath, case I'm talking about a, you know, hundred thousand dollar case. Little things like that where you split it up. How, how, who's handling what? To be focused on a particular type of case. That's one thing. And it's not just you know, it, it's a it's a number of things. The types of cases that you're taking into your law firm. In the beginning, when you're a solo, if it's you, one other person, I was taking everything. I was taking everything and I was making money off, some money off everything. Now, we're much more selective in what we take. Uh, so, what you're bringing into the firm that don't cause problems, uh, the people that you've been bringing in the right help, and making sure that everybody is handling a responsible caseload. No one person is overworked so they can't um, communicate properly or give one case uh, the proper attention. All these things and it's you know it's you kind of learn as you go a little bit. You're gonna make some mistakes. I'm Everything that we do in the firm we're like this is what we're gonna try to do. Let's see how it goes for the next two, three months. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll make an adjustment to it. But these are all the little things you do one by one to be able to structure your firm again. If you want to be that firm to handle 100, 200, 300,000 cases, these are the little things you do one by one to help with that. The structure and the discipline that you have established yeah. is what makes you, you to be able to... <laughs> yes, we did it together. And I think now you have an army of virtual staff helping your local staff to actually grow and scale. And so, I don't know, you probably have 20 plus virtual staff that are, you know, helping your local teams. And I know you have multiple locations also. Uh, but one of the things that was also pointing out is when I, because I'm very key on this case review stuff that, yeah, you know, me and you have been talking about that. And every, every attorney claims that they do case reviews, but they only do it to the ones that come to the radar. Or exposed, but you established yeah. a routine where, like, I know, like every day within the week or Fridays or whatever, you dedicated to do case reviews with your team and be able to identify issues, potentials, and everything. That's something everybody claims that they do, but very few do it properly because they just look for a spare time to do it. I used to just, you know, do it randomly and right. just you know, case case reviews are tough. But very beneficial. It's, it's the most important. Once I started doing it right, I discovered cases that are worth, you know, and again, you go through growing pains. You know, this is how you become a great company gets there. Big, good company gets there without. But we've been there. And, you know, I started to learn that we started to discover cases that are worth two, three, four times what, we thought if we continued handling it this way. So those case reviews are so important. If they're done right, uh, it adds so much value. 
the value of your cases add so much value to your customer service or overall client experience. They're so important. One of the things we, I do a case review with my entire legal team every single week. We go through cases. Now, we go through cases that they want to go through. Okay. So what about all the other cases that, you know, they don't bring to my attention? Okay. We do other things. First of all, at the beginning of each case, every single one of my clients are told about my personal cell number. Now, you may think that's crazy for the amount of clients that we have, but I don't get that many complaints. And when I do, uh, I know I could address. retention is amazing. It's not only client retention, client referrals, because this is what you do. Yeah. You give them attention, you give them the best value, you have enough staff to manage and handle the case and communicate it to the client so they know exactly what's going on with their case. And also I know that you use this opportunity to train your staff in every one of those reviews because you have the most experience. So you're using it, showing them how to do things better, faster, you know, more effective. So I know it has multiple... So much value and we do the... we do. Pre-litigation claims, we do that entire case review as a team. And so everybody could listen in on other people's cases and learn from it. And we do our cases that are in litigation in the court system, we do that all together. So everybody could listen in and learn from that. And you know, regularly we have I have somebody that's touching base with every single client once every other month just to check in and make sure everything is going okay. What I do in my spare time and I carve out time every week is I just go pick a few cases randomly of every person on my legal team just to look into the case. Okay, let me see what's been going on with this one. Everything done right, attention given, the right correspondence, the right communication. Is everything good with this case? And I find some stuff like, and I call out my team. So they know that every, and it's not that much time. It's not that difficult. Every month, maybe five or so cases from each person on my legal team, I'm pulling out to review. And they know that I could be looking into any one of their cases at any given time. Another thing that you could do, it's going to make it easier and more manageable when you have more cases and you know, more, more legal staff. I also know that you, you put a lot of effort on building your network, you know, working with a variety of different firms, different, helping a whole bunch of them through the experiences that you've gone through, so helping them so they can make it easier for themselves to, to grow and scale and, and do the right things. Also with more larger, experienced law firms to learn from them. So I know you do. You also have the discipline of spending some time to be networking and uh, helping others and asking help from others. So it's a sort of like being always in the, in the middle. Nobody's ever perfect. So uh, I just want to let everybody know that Sean has always been helpful to these other startup firms, and he always welcomes you know, people contacting directly, talking to him about what they should do, what they should learn from your experiences. So I just want to point that out. Also. Thanks, yeah. I, I do that, whether it's younger or more experienced attorneys, I'm in touch with as many people as I can. Um, things that were... Because I, like, I, I like people and I like to communicate, um, you know, whether it's with you, colleagues around here, or attorneys, 
that's so important, especially in such a saturated community and field like personal injury in California. It's it's a small, you know, it's a lot of competition, but it's a small community. Everybody knows each other. Right. So helping each other, being that helping hand and working with other people really makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference for your firm. Right. Networking, always able to learn and learn something new and, and also teach others your experience and share with them. I was just talking to a mutual friend. Uh, you know them too. Uh, he just contacted me. He lost a client. He lost one of his clients. One of his, oh, he got subbed out? He got, <laughs> he got subbed out, which, uh, again, small community. It's like, you know, a personal injury lawyer, you're getting subbed out of cases all the time. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat out there. Yeah. So he got subbed out on a case, and it was, I knew the case from the beginning, and because he reached out to me when he first got the case, and he was asking me about it, and it turned out to be a very good case. And he just talking to the client every other day, bending over backwards. He's a newer firm, up and coming, so you know he was hungry, he was all over that case. He just ended up getting subbed out. He was livid, he was livid, he was pissed, and he just called me to kind of vent, and um, basically the conversation we had is like, look, it's not your first time, it's not gonna be your last time, if anything, take it as like a blessing in disguise. This client, it wasn't the most perfect case, it was a solid case, it wasn't perfect, um, you know, bigger surgery case, but it had a lot of issues. Priors, bad client, I'm like look, this potentially could have been a huge problem for you later down the line. You know, if anything, it was meant to be. Take it that way, you know, think of it this way, move on. Um, and, you know, a couple things, like you gotta understand that's gonna, that's part of it, and to have people to discuss, and he's like, you're absolutely right, thanks. So like, we've been going back and forth since yesterday, but I think like now he's kind of cool and calm. Same things happened to me. I would hit up my friends and colleagues, talk about it. People to talk about to know, oh, it's happened to other people. No big deal. I'll move on. That's good to have in this legal community. Absolutely. They, everybody gets up that at some point. <laughs> and it's not a pleasant thing, but it happens. So Sean, tell us about some uh, new things that are coming up with your practice. Any appearances, any conferences, any events you have coming up soon that people can look forward to? Uh, I mean, coming up toward the end of the year, so it's holiday parties, employee events. Everybody should follow us on our Instagram page, Sasunis Law Group, or my Instagram page, Sean Sasunis. We're always posting such helpful material, information uh, for, for everybody. Just, you know, normal, average person good things for them to know, for attorneys, I think some good information there, and follow us for all the things that my law firm does. We, we do fundraising events, we do donations, we do employee events, we have holiday parties. Uh, it's pretty fun stuff, so follow us. Also discussing some business, which you're going over some cases, brainstorming sessions with you on some of the cases they have, recommendations and so forth, so I recommend Anybody who has any kind of those challenges setting up or growing their law practice, 
Contact Sean. I'm sure he'll be very helpful and he's going to save you a lot of time and money by using his experience from his, uh, his practice. Yeah, we've, we've been through a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot, um, you know, a lot of aspects of good, bad, ugly within the firm. I've gone through a lot. So uh, follow me, contact me if you want to chat, run a case, uh, discuss a case, uh, discuss things you're doing within the firm. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Wonderful. Thank you, Sean, for joining us today. Thank you.